Top Shelf Fantasy, brought to you by Corey Dows, Tom Craig Penny, and Scotty Milne. Let's get into it, baby. We are back live, 11 Oak Hill Street. I guess I won't say the town, just in case any angry people out there that don't take our advice. Pepperell, Massachusetts. <laughs> All right, well, please send your hate mail. <laughs> Attention, Tom Penny. Oh, boy. Let's see what happens now. It is good to be live. Yeah, we're, we're listening to the music coming in, and we're actually we're, we're dabbing because, because we have Cam Newton now on the Patriots, and I feel like it's now... Socially acceptable to dab. Oh, I'm I'm bringing the dab back. <laughs> you know, it's my new number one celebration move. <laughs> Just daily, daily bring, dabs. Bring the dab to New England. All right, podcast seventy. Why are you looking at me like that? Scotty? I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm just excited that I'm here. We're I'm all sorry. very excited that we can see each other's faces. We don't have to worry about technical issues on Zoom or or whatever. Google Hangout. Um, and we're all together. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. Podcast 70, July 70th. July 70th. July 7th. <laughs> Look at this. Day. I'm so excited. I can't even read. Um, <laughs> Sounds about right, though. All right. Tw- Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Top Shelf FNTSY, Top Shelf Fantasy.com. Let's talk about Cam Newton. Yeah. Cam Newton. Yeah. Let's talk about Cam. Let's talk about. I so, minus the dabs, which is. Now, so Brit, exciting. Right. Well, all right. Yeah. Dabs. It, d- dab. Superman dabs for days, but what does it mean for the Patriots? I was really skeptical at first, but as two days went by, <laughs> I got very happy. Yeah. I mean, the hype videos came out, so we obviously watched those and uh, drank the Kool-Aid as I think it's pretty clear that we're Patriots fans around here, so it's hard not to, but we're even, not humble either. even taking yourself out of your Patriots fanhood and you look at it objectively... It's an upgrade from Jarrett Stidham. At, at least in the short term, at least in the immediate present, it's a serviceable former NFL MVP. We'll see what he still has left in the tank. I know he's got injuries that he's recovering from, and he's still got to prove that he's healthy and can play. But the dude looks ripped. Huge. What if he's nasty, though? What if he's let's, nasty? Let's just and play that game. And you're paying him a buck and a half. Right. So it's not even the contract, Tom. What's the right. contract? I couldn't tell you. One one point one million dollars. I know it's all incentive based. It's yeah. veteran minimum. All right. all incentive guaranteed. A little over five hundred thousand. Yes, right. he's only guaranteed five hundred fifty thousand dollars, which is nothing. Which is literally like a hundred thousand, I think, away from what Tim Tebow got when he came to the Patriots for preseason. Mm. I mean, what if he's nasty? I and mean, he's got a chance. It's a low risk, very high reward. And we've seen the Patriots do this in the past with veterans who are kind of on the outs with the league. They don't have a place to fall. They come in. They play for a year. You know, they either go off and get another huge contract or they come back and play for, play for the Patriots, the guys who gave them a shot. You've got Deion Lewis, who played a few years for the Patriots after nobody else would take him. You've got Chris Long, who played a year for the Patriots, got a ring, and then went and played for the Eagles and got another one. So it, the recipe works. Like, <laughs> right. And, okay, so from a fantasy perspective, deal for – the the pats yes. low risk high reward it's the same thing for fantasy though i'm afraid his adp is going to fly through the roof he's going to be drafted as a top 10 quarterback that is my fear cuz i think that's probably his well but what it's, if it's, <laughs> so it's it's, it's probably close one. to his ceiling yes <laughs> and 
I think you're right. I think that he is going to fly up draft boards, especially around here, because we can't separate our fanhood from fantasy football a lot of the times. You're going to see somebody take them take him way earlier than he should. You gotta remember he's still throwing to Julian Edelman, who's on the wrong side of thirty and has been for a while. Muhammad Sanu, who's coming off an ankle injury. I know I'm pretty open about liking Sanu and liking his odds, but He's still recovering off a pretty serious injury that hampered him. And he's getting Nikhil Harry, who really hasn't played any meaningful downs in the NFL. He tried to catch a couple passes last year and failed. And he's got two rookie tight ends. Yep. So that is not a high-powered offense that Cam Newton's coming into with a ton of weapons. Just, you know, play devil's advocate there. Is that an offense that you want to fully buy into? I personally don't, but I'd love to see if he's nasty. I mean, if you can get him in the late rounds, right, 12th, 13th round... Right. I would say he has to be your second quarterback, right? If you're going to draft. I know I think so drafting, drafting quarterbacks yes. Yes. is still, um, you know, we, we still want to draft late, but but you don't want to hang your hat on a guy that may not make it out of preseason if he does actually have terrible foot issues still. We don't think that, but you can't, you can't draft him as your number one quarterback. Right, because he can either go down in camp, he can go down early in the season, or... He could just get flat out beat by Stidham. That's still not off the board. Right. You know, he could lose a battle to Stidham in camp. And we've seen the Patriots cut veterans before. They don't care. It, it doesn't matter who you were. It only matters what you're doing currently. So Cam Newton, if you're going to take him, like Tom said, like you are, are all in agreement with, he's not your number one quarterback. He, he, he can't be. Right. If you leave the draft and your starting quarterback is Cam Newton and you don't have one on your bench, you did something horribly wrong in your draft. <laughs> or you better have a really weak league where you can go grab somebody. All that being said, there's a really high probability week two, he's like, if he's not drafted, maybe even week one or week two, he's one of the guys that everyone goes after on the waiver wire. And like he's one of the you know trade you know trade candidates you know across the league. Because I'd, I'd be, would, would you be willing to spend an eighth round pick on Cam Newton? No. Right now, no. I mean, in, in, a, two, in a two quarterback league. Oh. I'm, QB, I'm thinking so I'm thinking yeah. our our league two QB league. Are you willing eighth round pick for Cam Newton? I would say around there because I think I mean we haven't done the rankings updated yet, but I think we all kind of said QB fifteen. We would yep. rank him around. Mm-hmm. I think that's when the second tier, the second quarterback on your team would go. Um, I would, but I would also draft a third quarterback in the next couple of rounds. Yeah, yeah, Andrew Luck, right, Tom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's for another yeah, imagine having both of them on your same team last year. Oh. <laughs> that was shitty. But um, but again, Cam Newton. I think we'd all be in agreement. A bump across the board to all Patriots pass oh, catchers. Sure. Yes. Um, yeah. Even and even the running game. The running game for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I think overall offense. Yes. Yeah. I yes. mean James James White gets that also far higher in ranking. I mean I think if anything James White is the biggest ben. Well him and Edelman yes. are the biggest beneficiaries with Cam Newton being on the field. I mean you see what, how many times he threw the ball to, to Chris McCaffrey over the last two years. Oh yeah. God, yeah. It was a lot. Um, okay. Well, Pat Mahomes, different contract. The <laughs> <laughs> polar opposite end of the spectrum. The other MVP that has signed yeah. a contract in a week. Something uh, we've never seen before. It's disgusting. It, baseball contracts haven't even gotten to this level. It, yep. It's wild. 10 years, $503 million, uh, but $477 million guaranteed. Right, and then, then those numbers include his current contract, so the, the extension includes that. So he signed yeah, right. through... What twenty thirty one? Twenty thirty one. And yeah, for almost half a billion dollars <laughs> guaranteed. Ten million dollar signing bonus too. 
I know. It's like... It, this guy has been Jekyll and Hyde, though, since he got the E3 for 50 passes, 50 TDs, and then, what, 29? He missed a couple games. <laughs> but look, I mean, I mean what, what, what Mahomes are you going to get? what he did in the Super Bowl. I think, I think that's what they think. Yeah. This guy's a third-year quarterback, and he's doing that in the Super Bowl. That's your guy. I mean, oh, does he d- deserve... I mean, that... I, I don't know. I mean, that that's more money than I've ever seen any contract, so... It's it's I think completely. They could have offered him way less, and he still would have been the highest paid player of all time. It's um, so but, far above. <laughs> I mean, why why do that? This yeah, is an NFL breaking type of contract, oh, though. God, because yeah. It just breaks everything. Now Deshaun's off the table Dak, for most yeah. teams. Oh, yeah. That Lamar when his Lamar's when Lamar's rookie contracts up, that's going to be wild. And that could be part of their philosophy here. If somebody is going to want to be the next highest paid quarterback in the league, beat that number. Good luck, your team. And you go higher than that. I think at that number, you're giving yourself a very, very tight window of cap space to play with. If you go higher than that, just to make your guy the next highest sign, especially if you chop down the years and you're just going average annual value, you're going to pay these dudes 50, 55, 60 million dollars a year. Get that is a quarter of your cap. It's, it, it's just team. swinging your Johnson around like, Hey, look, I got the highest paid. Like, what's that matter? Really? Like it, when, when you're in negotiations, how do you as an NFL team go? No, the chiefs made a mistake. Right. <laughs> like there are outliers to everything. They're the ones who made a mistake. Lamar Jackson, you're not worth $50 million and, a year for 10 years. And you've seen it happen with running backs. Those contracts got out of whack. They, they, Spent way too much money on these guys, and then they get hurt and they go down, and it's a waste of money. But but, but that's sixteen. And that's sixteen million. <laughs> if he goes down, you have forty plus million dead cap space just sitting on your roster that's, with no contributions, and you're just, starting. I don't even know who their backup is nowadays. Uh, Matt Moore. He, he played last year. Yeah, Matt Moore. Exactly. I'm guessing so, he's still there. I mean, doesn't matter. <laughs> and, and you see, I mean, you see. You mentioned that the Chiefs may be making a mistake and other teams should look at that and probably say, yeah, that's too much money. You look at the teams that had perennial success and, you know, again, Patriots fan here, but the Patriots, Tom Brady didn't say, give me $50 million a year, even though he might have deserved it earlier in his career. He said, no, I'll take a pay cut, give some money to the guys around me so I can have some actual talent on both sides of the ball. Mahomes is saying, nah, I'll drag some high school guys that we grab off the friggin' <laughs> scrap heap and I'll take them to the championship. Just make sure they're fast. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Nicole Hardman's going to be a great dynasty. What if, now. What if, what if <laughs> that was that? It just, I know we're spending a lot, but he, Pat, Pat's like, no, 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 get me some players. And she's like, no. Yeah. You're taking this fits. <laughs> like, right. Um, we, like, we found this track superstar. He can maybe catch the ball, but he's fast. We're going to pay him 20 bucks. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, you can catch football, right? Make it happen. You, you run 4 2? Great. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I run like a 6 2, so. All right. We've, sp- we've spent a bit of time on the contract. And last piece of news uh, David Njoku sucks. Uh, I don't know if that's news. Um, I think it's I don't. Talented. I don't know that he sucks either. No. I think that the Cleveland Browns suck. Uh, they brought in Oster Hooper, and rightfully so, Najuku wants out. Um, yeah, the news is not that he sucks. The news is that he wants to be traded. <laughs> yeah. Well, it says in here because he sucks. I think that was down. <laughs> I mean, I think Najuku He is, could it, suck is if we don't talented, have enough on it. Right. We don't have enough on the guy, but he doesn't want to be stuck behind yeah. Hooper and lose you know, that potential that what he could be. But I think him with the Browns right now does make sense for the time being, but I can see why he does one out yeah well, is there so from a fantasy perspective on this i actually i so i what i did was i took this news and tried to put it to practice i went 
all right, well, if I trade for uh, Njoku, you know, obviously he's got a really low value right now because he wants to go on a new team. Um, do I actually want him? Are there teams out there that need tight ends? Do I really want a tight end that's probably going to be t- tight end 20? No, I, it doesn't even fucking matter. I mean, if he goes like... If he goes to like Panthers, Orleans, Packers, Patriots, but, but, but still, either, right, so he went they, to what, they got cooked for the year. So he goes to a friendly yeah. team like the Washington Redskins, who like to pass the tight ends a lot. Ron Rivera's there. They use Greg Olson for years. Now they they have a tight end that's actually going to do well. Do I still want to trade for that tight end? In no. dynasty, maybe, but yeah, his exactly. value is low. Still so low value. You, so. you could toss a late second, third round pick, probably a third round pick for this guy, but. Too much time on Najoku, I think. Yeah. Well, hold on. I'm going to go trade for him in Dynasty. Right okay. Now. I think I have so, a third round. Well, pick Tom to trade. trades for that. Um, <laughs> Craig, uh, this is your d- division. So, right. um, so we're getting into divisions. We're going to go break down every single division. Uh, we're starting off with AFC North. The reason I did that was because I never eat soggy waffles. Um, start off with the North. And. <laughs> Shout out it's, to fourth grade. Like that. Um, Randomly doing this based on cardinal directions. All right, exactly. So, Craig, we're we're actually facing west right now. You tell me. <laughs> <is your laughs> moment of silence. <laughs> All right, Craig, go on. Sorry. Um, so that consists of your teams that we're going to talk about tonight: of uh, the Baltimore Ravens, fourteen and two, Steelers, eight and eight. Surprisingly, I, I didn't think they actually won that many games that last year. Cleveland Browns at six and ten, and Bengals at two and fourteen. The notes to know of the AFC North this year is that they're playing the NFC South uh, as the uh, interconference uh, matchup uh, with the Saints, Falcons, Bucks, and Panthers. Um, Saints obviously a good team; their defense is growing. Falcons defense is not that great, so that's a good matchup. Tampa Bay Bucks defense has been up and down, and then the Panthers defense also good matchups. So this is a decent, um, you know, interconference group to look at when you're looking at Ravens, Steelers, Browns, and Bengals, um, and then the AFC South. They are also playing with this, which is the Texans, Titans, Colts, and Jaguars. Every single one of them has a good defense, so that's tough. Um, but moving into it, uh, we'll start off with the league MVPs team, Baltimore Ravens at 14 and two. Uh, Going to come into 2020 with pretty much all the same players. Um, they did draft, uh, you know, a few guys, J.K. Dobbins being the, the, the big name there. Same coaching staff, John Harbaugh, and then Greg Roman returns as offensive coordinator as well. So we all know that they had great stats last year in offense. And so will we see the same thing again this year? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think so. Maybe even a little better in the passing game. Mm. I think their passing numbers could move up. Um, they were 27th in the passing game last year, which is not great, but they substitute that with the number one rushing offense in, in all of NFL. So so they're bound to do for regression, right? I mean, there, there's no way that Lamar Jackson is going to carry the ball 176 times again. It, it, I, I believe that's the correct number for 1,200 yards. I don't believe that's going to be the case with them drafting Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins. Right. right. Um, but I think they get better in the passing game, which offsets a bit of that rushing regression that you're going to see from Lamar Jackson. Right. I mean, um, he went 36 and six for touchdowns versus interceptions. That's a fantastic ratio to have as a young quarterback and through for 3000 yards. That's a good year. 66.1 completion. You like to see that, uh, climb up to like 68, 70 and then you're in the money, you know? Yep. He had the second most rushing attempts on the team. 
Yeah. So that's that's, that's super hard that, to maintain. That is yeah. crazy to me, especially with a guy his, you know, as talented as Lamar Jackson is. How centered that that team is around Lamar Jackson. He can't carry the ball that many times. Oh no, God he's no. gonna get hurt. Yeah. Well. One thing to note, too, is that their strength of schedule coming up for running backs or against the run game is sixth best in the league. So they are still going to be in for a good rushing year. Um, but their strength of schedule uh, for the passing game is is rank eight. Um, so that's also going to be pretty good. So I would still say Lamar Jackson's going to be a top two, obviously, just going to be working against Pat Mahomes. Um, whether that's in the air or on the ground, I think that's that's pretty evident. He's still just going to be up there. Yeah, I mean, to me, the story in 2020 is how does that backfield work out for Baltimore? I mean, is it Mark Ingram's? Is it is it J.K.? Is it Gus Edwards? I mean, Gus Edwards had 113 carries, 133 carries, 5.3 yards per carry. Right. The dude's no slouch. They can give him the ball, and Greg Roman has been known to use two running backs multiple times. I mean, does he use three? Yeah. <laughs> Use three uh, fantasy relevant. I, I mean, mean, he did was... last year with Jackson. Yeah, and I so mean, and he also had formations where they had Patty Ricard on the field. So you throw Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram out there, you get a lot of options. And Mark Ingram's not been shy about blocking in his career either. So right, <laughs> you give the fifty-eight carries Justice Hill had. You take fifty from Lamar Jackson. You give him all the J.K. Dobbins. You got three running backs with a hundred touches. Yeah, that's has that ever been done? <laughs> That'd be wild. <laughs> yeah, that's the three running backs, but you still then have Lamar Jackson still over 100 as well. So that's four running backs with over 100. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Which is a fantasy cluster F. <laughs> But, fuck, but, but they all they all produce, right? I mean, right. I, I think Gus Edwards can hit RB three range easily. I mean, I, I think I think Mark 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 Ingram's an RB one, RB two. I just think you're more than likely sure. to see to Gus start Edwards the season lose a lot of those touches. Yes. Yeah, easily. Yes. Uh, that was that was the biggest eye opener to me. Is I did not I had no idea Gus Edwards of all people who was the afterthought going into last year's draft because Justice Hill was the hot new name, that Gus Edwards still had 133 rushing attempts. Yeah, and I touched him almost three to one. You know, yeah. it's ridiculous. So so that running game is obviously going to be you know moving in the right direction. It is definitely going to be a little bit more confusing this year. But like you said, you think Mark Ingram's what RB one two status. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to fall in that RB10 to RB12, 15 range. Like, he's going to be that fringe RB1. And then I think whoever's behind him, I think, is worthy of a flex play almost every week. In deeper leagues, like our 12-team, two-flex league, Gus Edwards is a starter in that yeah. league. That's as you long know? As I mean, we'll see in the first few weeks what they do with Dobbins and Edwards. It's going to take some time, but one of those guys will be. I would not be... I would not be shocked if they redshirt J.K. Dobbins and and don't give him uh, give him give him what they gave Justice Hill, you know, the fifty to to hundred carries. But I think Gus Edwards is still involved. I think Mark Ingram is obviously still involved. I think yeah, Mark Ingram do... is. I mean, one hundred percent going to be involved. He's on the last year of his deal, and why would you not just run him into the ground? Like no harm, no foul, no no loss. He's, he's he's one of the most underrated running backs. I mean, oh, what did I get him in the sixth round? I think in like a handful of mock drafts, fifth I round, something like that. You just dynasty, right. yeah, twelfth <laughs> round in dynasty. Five yards of carry still last year. Yep, so that's great. That's not yeah exactly. You, you you don't just pass on that. And he's, he's really been yeah. healthy for the majority of his career. You know. Yeah, well, that's because he was. It was just always, suspensions, yeah. <laughs> just suspensions that, and that, dual backfields. And yeah, Sean Payton just not liking him. <laughs> yep. 
So that saved his career. And then in the passing game, obviously Marquise Brown um, had 71 targets last year. Uh, if we expect the passing game to grow, we expect Marquise Brown's uh, you know numbers to grow as well. Um, he will need to work on his catch percentage, though. It's at sixty-four point eight. That's not that great. Yeah, and he's not—he's not keeping up this touchdown rate. That this touchdown rate is ridiculous. Yeah. Seven TDs on forty-six catches. Right. Get out of here. Well, week right. one was what three touchdowns? Yeah. So yeah. right, and he—he he was one of my hated, my most hated players because everybody hyped him up like he was this. You know, he—he's a great I, talent, I but him. last year his numbers were not. But his numbers weren't consistent last right. year for you to justify starting well, him week in. Well, week I think out. I think also his catch rate is reflective of the routes that he's running which is a very limited catch tree he's running a lot of deep posts deep fly routes Deshaun and, Jackson kind of routes. yeah exactly yeah. and right. he's not having a huge percentage if you were to judge every single ball on how it was thrown and how high the percentage of catch rate might be on it it's not going to be that high yeah. probably a lot of chucked up maybe balls that were thrown in his direction just slightly out of bounds if he can develop as a route runner and run more routes then he's going to have a higher catch percentage because he's going to be open more often but that requires development in his own game and then development with Lamar Jackson and right. timing and yada, yada, yada. And it'll be interesting to see if he can do it. And like you said, his, his touchdown rate is not really maintainable. It's not something that's sustainable, I guess is the better word. But if he can stay close to that and catch a few more balls, he could be in the money. I mean, he could still be a wide receiver too easily. Right. And it's on par pretty much his percentage with what um, Lamar Jackson's completion percentage was, which was 66 uh, so the both of them will, should grow. Uh, to note, though, they do have one of the toughest schedules for wide receivers, ranked 29th in fantasy. Uh, so that's not that great. Uh, but they do bring in, outside of uh, Marquise Brown, we don't really have much else uh, to talk about as far as wide receivers. Devin Duvernay was drafted. James Prochet was drafted. Prochet, sure, no way. Um, <laughs> yeah, shout out, Tiki. Um, so they, they were just heavy target getters, reception, uh, possession players, um, You know, probably playing in the slot, something like that. But... They probably won't have that much fantasy relevance this year um, unless one of them pops off. Mark Andrews is going to be the next beneficiary in the passing game. I would say, though, for Devin DuVernay, if he can get on the field ahead of Willie Sneed, Miles Boykin, and with the departing Hayden Hurst, if he can grab any combination of those targets, it's almost 100 targets between those three guys. There's 100 targets to be had. Yeah, right. I, well, I think the camp battle for that is going to be between Boykin and Duvernay. I do as well. I mean, they they picked Boykin, what, he was a rookie yep. last year, so. Very athletic. Very athletic, and he's big, so. He's like 6'5". Yeah. Yeah, and there was, you know, Seth Roberts, Hayden Hurst left, so that's 74 vacated targets. That will go to Boykin, Duvernay, Prochet, maybe a little more, but Brown, maybe Snead, who knows? It's going to get spread out. Um, you know, Mark Andrews had 64 receptions last year. Uh, 98 targets. So th- those numbers are going to either be on par or go down. You think go down? 98 targets? I mean, Hurst is gone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I will. Just, I think it goes up. Just because the second tight end is gone doesn't mean that they're going to go back to the tight end. Yeah, but think about how that team is is run. It's all options. It's all play action. It's all disguising what's go- what Lamar Jackson's going to do. Is he going to hand it off? Is he not going to hand it off? Is he going to pass? Their primary weapons were those two guys, which means those two guys were running a majority of those routes on the team. I mean, Mark Andrews was probably running. We don't have it here, but the number of routes ran. Right. Right? He had to have been running a ton of routes. Oh, yeah. 100%. And he runs a ton of those routes where he's he's fake blocking for like half a second, then he, he slips out of the backfield, and he's athletic enough to go make some yardage after the catch. But um, he's he's out there running routes is the important part. You know, yeah, if right. you're a tight end – 
and you're not buried in blocking on the line at you know at the edge of the line every single game, that's the or those are the guys that you want. The people who are actually out there running routes. And has and the team has the best strength of schedule for oh, tight ends this year. Exactly. So I I think his targets go up. I do too. I think he's gonna crack the hundred. And he's right at that sixty five fish. What am I at here? Yeah, sixty four yeah, Or I was gonna say sixty five point three uh percent catch oh, catch percentage. Right. So he's again right in line with Marquise Brown, right in line with Lamar Jackson. If they can get a little bit better, get a little more in sync, a little more time together under their belts. Limited training camp could, you know, mitigate that a bit, but if they can make some growth together, that that's a that's an offense that you probably want to be buying into. Ooh, yeah, God, yeah, pretty good. I, yeah. I, well, in in the name of the game with tight end is TD, and he had ten. So yeah, I mean, yeah. there's league leading, team leading. I mean, even if he gets less than that, if his targets go down, his yards go down, his catches go down, and he still scores ten TDs. Security he's, blanket. Yeah, he's still a tough on tight want. end. <laughs> I think we pretty much nailed the Ravens. Um, moving on, uh, unless you guys have anything else. You want I to don't say. want to talk about any other team but the Ravens. <laughs> this, division <laughs> this division stinks. We'll do, yeah, we'll do an hour and a half just on the Ravens. Yeah, please. So there's other teams: the Steelers, the Browns, and the Bengals. All right, so let's talk more about Nick Boyle. Oh God, um, stop. No, uh, the Steelers were eight and eight. Um, their uh, hodgepodge group of quarterbacks led them to the 30th ranked um, offensive. You know yardage per you know yards per scrimmage so it's not good whatsoever mike tomlin um coming in again this year will have you know some work to do hopefully big ben has uh some time that he's rested um and is able to continue uh, what he was doing you know maybe five years ago let's, let's hope not two years ago well i think i think the biggest thing is that they they can't get worse uh they they, okay, they can they, no, they cannot get worse than this. Ben Roethlisberger is better than both Mason Rudolph and Devin Hodges on on a peg leg with one arm. All right. Well, they literally were trying to trot him back out there last year with a broken what broken hand. Yeah. He's like, I could probably play. Tomlin was like, probably be better than these bums. <laughs> I mean, I think it was his throwing hand, wasn't it? Like he yeah. didn't even grip the football. Yeah, it was bad. And they um, were still about to say, if we make the playoffs, you're getting out there, pal. <laughs> He's like, yeah, 100%. I just get my PF Changs, get my power up. Yeah, don't worry about it. Just a couple couple mini sliders, dude. Just <laughs> shove them down. It'll be great. Um, but, that, I mean, it's going to be huge for – I don't think Ben Roethlisberger in a one-quarterback league is your starting quarterback. I mean, he's he's, he's your QB, too. He's your streamer. But it means so much for those pass catchers. Yeah. Uh, Juju had a terrible year without him on the field. Yeah. 42 receptions. Like, he was the third. 70 targets. He was the third in targets for wide receivers on the Steelers. That's nuts. D- I, the, the, That's coming the, off a season the, he had like 142 years ago. The target share to me was ridiculous. And I think it has a lot to say about the actual, um, you know, the, the the quarterback play. They're looking at Deontay Johnson, who doesn't belong on the field, by the way. He fumbled <laughs> the ball five times. Yeah. Get off the field, you schmuck. <laughs> and then James Washington had 80 for like a lot. Well, I guess he had 16 yards catch. So I do also want to say it's probably. <laughs> I, mean, I was hoping it was a lot the, worse. The lack of Juju's numbers are also probably a function of what defenses are doing. They're saying take away Juju and make these bum quarterbacks throw to Deontay Johnson and James Washington. We won't lose. Like, right. just don't let Juju get the ball and we're, we're set. Yeah, and you want to talk about catch percentages. 55% for James Washington. Ugh. Terrible. No. Get the guy off the field. Yeah, I don't like him. I'm not a big guy. I mean, Juju did only play 12 games because 
injuries too. Right. So that makes sense. But still, if he played 16, it wouldn't be what he did the year, year before that. But with Big Ben there, it could be a huge resurgence for for, for Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, sure. And, and everything too, because even the running game, uh, James Conner only played 10 games last year, so he was he was missing for six of them. Or seven of them. I did that right? Math. Six. Six. The NFL plays a 16-game season. This is not the, the new rules last year. Yeah, so the, 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 the new rules next year, they, what, we don't know how many games they're going to play, but I think it's supposed to be 18. Is it? Great. Um, so, the, you know, Connor had four yards of carry. Jalen Samuels had 2.7. Benny I, Snell had 3.9. Like, they were all terrible on the run game, so all the defenses were playing against the pass, against Deontay Johnson, James Washington. No wonder why they had a bad year. Yeah, I think – I just want to get back to Juju. Um, where are we comfortable drafting him? I mean, we get him ranked low, I think, consensusly. I, he needs to move up, in As my opinion. As for two, we have him, right? I think a mid. Yeah, but in the mid twenties, I think. Oh, we do. I I believe oh, so. He's got to yeah, go I would down say to like fifteen, eighteen. I think that's a good range for him. And I think Craig, you Lower had him. I think you had him the highest. I, I definitely had him the highest. Um, he's gonna be but, somebody's bounce back for sure. I would think. Oh, one hundred percent, he's a bounce back as long as he stays healthy. And Ben Roethlisberger also stays healthy for sure. Um. Yeah. All right. I want to talk about terrible James Conner at some point. I'm like itching to talk about him. Yeah, James Conner is a fantastic running back, and he will be a uh, bounce back player. He's, for he's injury prone. <laughs> oh, he's off. Yeah, so, I won't. I won't fight you on that. He is injury we, prone. We all need to take one Steeler for a bounce back player. <laughs> are, we, are we all in agreement? Seems the Van Stance. Damn it! <laughs> you know they signed Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron. I knew he was in it last year, but I'm still doing it. We have Juju as our consensus 15, by the way. So actually, right where we need all right, to have so, him. Yeah, well, Craig right. does have him highest at 11. Uh, me and Snow Scott and Tom have him 20 and 21 respectively, and I get him at 19. Yeah, I'm so, solely okay. going. I, so by 15 to 18 prediction, I'm just barely bumping him up. I'm just yeah. solely going off the fact that the year that Roethlisberger threw to him, he was over 140 targets, and he had half that. No, I 1 million percent agree right. with you that he's due for a huge bounce back as long as Roethlisberger is healthy and on the field, which he right. which he should be. Yeah. Then again, he's he's been talking about hanging him up for years, so it'll be interesting to see how the COVID stuff affects for a him. Very long time. For a very but long I mean, time. he shaved his beard. That's a positive. Mm. Is it though? Bring in Fitzmagic. I mean, did you see that beard? Did you nah. see Fitzmagic's beard? <laughs> but did you see Ben's beard? He looks like his was guy. gross. Yeah, it is Fitz is as majestic. You can't compare. Roethlisberger, like he just feels like a homeless quarterback. He does. Like he would be the most homeless. NFL starting quarterback if there ever was one. So not- notable things <laughs> um, on the uh, the ranks is that uh, the strength of schedule for quarterback, they're 11, that's middle of the pack. Running game, uh, third uh, strength of schedule. So that... Like third most favorable? Third most favorable. So, so that should be bouncing into the right direction. Um, and say what you will, Benny Snell actually had the second most rushing attempts last year. Um Due to injuries. So, yeah, due to injuries, sure, but... Uh, 3.9 yards of carry. Benny Snell stinks. He was better than James <laughs> Jalen Samuels, 2.7. Jalen Samuels stinks. He's a pass catcher. Yeah, Jalen yeah, does his so. damage through the air. But, they all stink. But, that's yeah, that's not enough to be viable and is probably why they drafted Anthony McFarland. Right. James Conner, four yards of carry. The, the year that he subbed in for Love Bell will never happen again. They also had a lot of injuries on their offensive line. They had Stop. suspensions on their offensive line. I mean, it matters. It, it does, does. It does matter. But is McFarlane a top five handcuff 
No. In fantasy? No. I don't think so. so. I can't say that yet. Who knows? I mean, maybe McFarland by week five is the backup. And if he is the backup with the schedule that they have and James right. Conner's injury. But right now so he's not a top five handcuff by right. any means. But he, I mean, you can pick five easily ahead of him. Right. I mean, he's a guy to keep your eye out on because James Conner, look, he played 10 games last year. A lot of those 10 games he played like two carries and he got hurt. Like yeah. his shoulder is just falling apart. Yeah, I mean, 116 rush attempts for 10 games is not. That's nothing. That's 10 uh, yards. That's, I mean, 10, 10 carries a game, 11 carries a game. Right. Oh, it's terrible. So that's not going to do anything for you because that's not enough time on the field. I, th- I think, if anything, Anthony McFarland comes in easily as the, as the backup to James Conner. He's going to take the passing work from Jalen Samuels. But even everything that I've looked at on, there's nothing that suggests that there's a bell cow on this team. That's true. At this point in Connor's career, I don't think you could say he's a bell cow. Definitely the problem is, is that at this point he's twenty five. Yeah, but, <laughs> but he's but still for, so young. Four running backs. <laughs> I mean, is, I guess so. But he's only been a starter for two well, years. James Connor stinks. For running backs with shoulder injuries that are degenerative and tend to pop up consistently, once you get one of them, you get another one. So. Especially a guy that's James Conner. He doesn't run elusively. He runs through people. If he's going to try to continue to do that, yeah, it, he's going to end up on the bench again with another injury. So adjust your style or so, just take an early exit. But I think, like, I, think, I think what this makes me feel comfortable in is Juju. Because if they can't run the ball, they have to pass it. Sure. Ebron, Absolutely. though. I mean, yeah, we have all those touchdowns. You want to talk about Ebron. T- touchdowns. Big thing about... Yeah, Connor. He's not gonna get the touchdowns. They brought Ebron in because of that. Yeah, and there's still Vance there that his has connections with Big Ben. So I mean, it's just a lot of pieces that we do not know where it's going to. Yeah, where where what tight end do you think produces most? I think Ebron. Ebron, Ebron, so. Ebron versus Vance. Yeah, Ebron. Yeah. Ebron. Yeah. He doesn't have as cool of a name. Well, no. I mean, no one has a cool name. No, no, no one has their own name. But I've got Ebron ranked thirteen. Where do we get uh, Claypool? So I think Claypool, like we said, (laughs) takes James Washington not his role, but his his targets, which Uh, was eighty. Did you already talk about this? My mind is going red. No, I don't remember Claypool. I don't remember Claypool at all. No, I'm just I'm just saying we talked about James Washington just needs to get off the field, and then Deontay Johnson also is not going to get ninety two. You know targets, so Claypool actually could be in for around that fifty target range. Yeah, so you get the fifty-seven vacated targets, and then two guys that we expect serious regression from, and then Juju obviously going to snag some more, hopefully. But they should also be throwing the ball far, far more. Right. So, yeah, right. I mean, I, I think we all say Claypool is a in a dynasty league. It's yeah. a mid to late second round guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know the. Pittsburgh Steelers love their partnerships, but again, there's so many people there that we don't know how it's going to work out yet. I but, think this is going to be a team that can't support two wide receivers. I think it's going to be and there's four of them and Ebron. They threw <laughs> them. Right. It's going to be very tough. Right. Besides Juju, like Juju, I think is, is a secure one for two. Right. These other guys, it's kind of like you drive these guys late and just cross your fingers and hope that one guy pans out. Yeah, I mean, they threw the ball about 30 times a game this year. Ben, when he's healthy, probably throws it, what, about 40 to 50? So that's a huge spike in volume right off the bat for every pass catcher in, yeah, in the Yeah, ben, ben Roethlisberger is like, let me shotgun a beer, I'll go check it 50 times. It'll be yeah, good, huh? Exactly. 
Yeah. He better grow that beard out. If he goes out there without a beard, it's just going to feel weird. I don't he's, yeah. He's when Tua takes over for Miami, Fitz can go to Pittsburgh. <laughs> I'm okay. I sign off. I'll, uh, I'll call Brian Flores for you. <laughs> $500 million a year. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we sign off for the Steelers. So we'll go to the Cleveland Browns, who are Blah. the most talked about team in the offseason the last two offseasons they do a ton in the offseason they are they are what, what is it called uh april here at march heroes who whatever you know time the free agency uh, is offseason uh offseason heroes off season practice Dallas. practice heroes gym class heroes Classic and, squad heroes and so they bring in um the biggest name player uh they draft a ton of rookies um you know maybe maybe i'm seeing a lot of undrafted ones just off the off the top there, but there's a lot that we, we would expect more from this team. They bring in, obviously, a new head coach, Devin, Kevin Stefanski, who came over from Minnesota uh, last year. He was the offensive coordinator for Minnesota, and they were uh, they had a 10-6 and six rank, um, big uh, more of a rushing guy. Uh, their rushing rank was sixth. Um, obviously, that might, might have something to do with Delvin Cook, uh, but they had a pretty good you know uh, passing game with Diggs and, and Root. Um, uh, what's his face throwing the ball there? Um, hey, Johnny Manziel, Baker Mayfield. No, who, 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 the, who the, the hell are you talking, talking about? about? The Minnesota Kirk Cousins. Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Thank you. Um, so they have they they had a decent offense with Thielen as well. Um, you know, for passing wise, but they ended up running more, uh, and he was their offensive coordinator. So he got he comes in as their head coach. He's never been a head coach before. So again, the Browns are starting from scratch. Alex Van Pelt, again, first-year offensive coordinator this year. He was most notably the the coach, uh, the quarterback coach for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and last year, he spent time as the quarterback coach for Cincinnati. So there's there's a lot to you know really kind of cross your fingers on and hope as a Browns fan that the team does well. And for fantasy, again, is an unknown. Um, Baker Mayfield struggled again last year, not doing very well. His completion percentage was below 60%. Um, you know, 22 touchdowns, 21 interceptions is not what you're looking for. He's um, a college quarterback. Some some may say that. I, I think that he is in for a bounce back year um, because it was just so poor last year. Um, and, and the other thing, too, is... Yeah, well, they, he either better bounce back or he's probably out. Yeah, so, yeah I mean, this, the, is, this is a prove it or lose it kind of year. And the problem is, is that if he loses it, they have so much invested in this team. Yeah, they're oh, in. Yeah. They're in essentially what's win now mode with the roster they've built on paper. On yeah, oh. on paper it's around like them, the best offense in the league. They just need a, a quarterback. <laughs> I don't know right. where you get one. I would if I was them. I would probably have brought in uh, Teddy Bridgewater and said, "See well, you later." Well, so they brought in Case Keenum, who is a at least solid backup, and then they tried to bring in Cam Newton. They didn't make him an offer, but they did bring in Cam Newton. So they are looking at that position, going, eh, "We're not really sure about Baker." Yeah. So kind of like kicking Baker in the ass and hey, like, you know, we got right. guys just in case, so step up, up your game. Yeah. And he's got to. I mean, this is unacceptable. 22 TDs and 21 interceptions. That's bad. With that team. Yeah. With Landry, right. Beckham. With Beckham, like, who right. you can really, we've seen, like, Eli Manning and Danny Jones just chuck the ball up and say, hey, can you go, can you go get that just for me? Just Eli. Right. Oh, yeah, Danny Jones was after him. But you get my point. <laughs> yes, Eli was exactly. literally just like, hey, go get that ball. And he was like, yeah, no problem, dude. I got you. And Baker Mayfield's like, nah, man, I can't. I gotta, mm, I gotta take the sack. 
Gotta throw <laughs> yeah, that. I gotta, I gotta throw it to that. I I'm gotta, a linebacker. Yeah. I see this other guy in this other uniform. It looks so much better than mine. I'm gonna throw it to him. I mean, <laughs> our, our uniforms stink. <laughs> I went off. <laughs> they did beef up the offensive line because last year Baker had to throw it out so fast because their line sucked. So, I mean, Craig, I think you know a lot more about the line than I do, but they brought in guys to you know build that line to give Baker a, li- a little more time to th- to. Th- yeah, throw those guys like OBJ and um. Yeah, they brought in. Uh, I think I can't remember the last name of the guy. Uh, not Jocko or whatever, but it was the Titans' offensive tackle. Conklin. 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 Um, they brought him in, which was huge because yep. they were they really really needed that. Um, I can't, I, I just I don't. So just real quick on the on the quick throw, I don't think it's the line. I think it's Baker's small-mindedness like i don't think that baker can read through progressions correctly i think he's better when it's a three-step drop and he whips it out to a receiver and hopes the receiver's open that's why i think he's a college quarterback he succeeded in the college doing that you can't succeed in the nfl doing that and i think that's what baker mayfield is he has to play quick and he needs better wide receivers he can't wait five seconds for odell beckham to get wide open down the field. Well, that, again, he needs two seconds to decide, I'm going to throw it here and hope that guy's open. The difference, though, is that if he can have, he, if he's afforded the five seconds and Odell can get down the, down, down the field, he can hit him. But if he never has that option, then... Right, but I, what I'm I saying just, is that if he has to read through those progressions, right. I don't think he's good at doing that. But if that deep look is his first look, he's just looking off, looking off, looking off, it's still his first progression. Yeah. He needs, needs to have the time to get there and they drafted Jedrick Wills as well. I just looked up their offensive line. Yeah. They, I mean, they've clearly seen that, or the the GM, the owners, the coaching staff, whoever it might be, has highlighted that this was a deficient area for them, and they've addressed it with free agency and the draft. I mean, who knows? They they ran the ball fine with Nick Chubb, so they seem to be fine in the run blocking game. They just yeah. can't pass block. I don't. I don't know. You they, should be able to do both. I would they, assume they, if you're in the NFL. Two Pro Bowl wide receivers. Yeah, they have two Pro Bowl wide receivers. You've got a Pro Bowl running back. You've got a Pro Bowl tight end. You've got one of the best handcuffs in the league. You have one of the bottom barrel quarterbacks, and, and that's hurt. what's going to hurt yeah. the team. Yeah, and 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 to literally highlight everything that you just said, just looking at Odell Beckham's metrics, 133 targets, which is actually a lot more than I thought. 74 receptions, nearly half of those were the, were caught. 55 percent catch percentage. That's terrible. And I don't think that's on Odell. I think that's on Baker. He couldn't get it to Odell. He couldn't get it to him. I I agree with you. The same argument I made uh, for Marquise Brown and and everybody else that I'll ever make for, you can't catch a ball that's uncatchable, but it still counts as a target and a non-reception. This is a big season for Baker. He's got to prove it or else, like I said, he's done. Like Johnny Manziel was out in two seasons. Yeah. And I mean, and Odell is not the guy to stick around and fight through adversity and pick up his quarterback. He's going to say, if you can't get me the ball this year, I'm out. Like, I'm going to the Pats. I'm coming and, to the Pats. I'm playing with Cam. We'll hear, we'll hear the – Odell is the new Calvin Johnson, is the new Larry Fitzgerald. Just these are the guys that are always coming to the Pats and will never end up there. But, yeah, I mean, he'll go somewhere else. Larry Fitz. The Pats. And, and so he has to prove it with his with the, the best ranked schedule, ranked schedule for quarterbacks. There you go. And then um, also good ranked – uh, you know, a good rank for for fantasy is rank five, which is for the running game. Which Nick Chubb, coming off of 298 rushing attempts, 1500 rushing yards, eight touchdowns, it looks pretty good. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that that I don't think he gets almost 300 carries again. With, I, I think Kareem with Hunt, Hunt is with, involved with yeah. the full season. With the full right. season of Kareem Hunt, absolutely not. I I don't I don't think he's going to ever top that again. 298. Yeah, I don't think it would be wise uh, no. to have him top that. Right. I I agree, and I mean I think you look at the way that most NFL uh, you know teams manage their workload for the running backs. It's not this. Yeah. I mean, and granted, Kareem Hunt was out for a game, so that that is it. It was just Nick Chubb. I mean, it'll still be around, I think, maybe 250. Maybe he'll still be the workhorse, and he'll still top 1,000 yards. He'll still have five yards of carry. He'll still have eight rushing touchdowns. He'll still be a top 10 right. running back. But the one thing that I know he will lack is in the receiving game. Um, what I found eye-opening was that Kareem Hunt, when he did play those last eight games, he had 43 rushing attempts, which is not that great. However, he had more receptions at the end of the year than Nick Chubb did. So it was apparent right away that Kareem Hunt was the receiving back as soon as he started. He had 37 receptions to Nick Chubb's 36. Well, yeah, they're paying the guy. They're going to put him on the field. He's got to do oh, something. God, yeah. <laughs> right. So so those receiving numbers will go down for Chubb. And then Kareem Hunt will make, you know, basically his bread and butter with the Browns on the, on the air. I mean, in the air. Yeah, I mean, you're getting zero contribution from Chubb in the passing game. It's all going to be on the ground, which I think is a little bit more predictable because you can you can identify, as long as you can identify how many rushing attempts he's going to get, you can identify how many yards and how many touchdowns he's going to get. He's a five-yard carry back. If he gets 250 carries, math, and then, you know, like six to eight touchdowns. So we didn't talk. We didn't <laughs> math. Talk. Just math. Yeah. Somebody get a calculator. Just Do it math. yourself. So I'll figure it out later. We'll post so, it on Twitter. And so tight end. Obviously, it's twelve fifty. Uh, obviously, in joke, in joke <laughs> whatever you say. And Joko's not going to be there at tight end. So Austin Hooper is going to come in and take all. Is going to come and, in and steal the show. And he's certainly an upgrade. I mean, over Njoku. I mean, Njoku's a great athlete. Don't get me wrong, but he struggled with drop balls, missed catches, bad he routes, so many games. Too. Yeah, he played injuries. You know. Yeah, non-desire to block. I mean, Austin Hooper is kind of your jack-of-all-trades at tight end. He's going to run all the routes, block well. Hopefully, Baker can find him. And like Tom said, if Baker really does suck and he has to get the ball out on his first read, well, your first read is going to be your tight end three yards downfield. So Hooper could be in for a big year. Yeah, I, yeah. I think my, my only concern is we sit here and say there's 64 vacated targets for the Browns. They got 97 incoming with Austin Hooper. Somebody's yep. targets are coming away from somebody. Yep. Yep. They have to, because even if more go to hunt, you know, with all with eight more games. Right. I mean, um, I don't think hopefully... Odell and Landry are getting over 130 targets. Well, so, so, but so hopefully they the catch thing. more. Yeah. They have a better <laughs> catch rate. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the biggest thing is, is do they come away from Jarvis Landry? Because Jarvis Landry has been, and his only real reason to be drafted in fantasy is target. He's a target hog. You know, granted, yes, last year he had 1,200. Uh, receiving yards and six touchdowns, but that was on the back of the fact that Breaking Mayfield couldn't throw to anywhere else and he had to throw to Jarvis Landry because he was the most readily available. I just think we've been we've been saying that about Jarvis Landry for so long, like, oh he's just he's target dependent. He is a workhorse and we keep expecting it to stop and break. It's just his game. The dude runs great routes. He's open. The quarterback throws it to him because he's open. He gets good targets because he's open. Yeah. I don't think I don't think there's as much range in his game as we've thought that there was for so long and i think last year i said jarvis landry is going to have more catches than odell i don't know if i ended up being right on that you were but yep i think odell is the volatile one i think you're you'll see him fluctuate more with a lower floor and a higher ceiling than 
Jarvis Landry, I think, is going to continue to be very steady. Now, yeah. I agree with you. However, the point was is that Austin Hooper has to take targets from someone. I, oh, and, and I, I and think, just think they're going to be Odell's. Yep. I don't think they're going to be and, Landry's. And I 100% agree. So look at this. The Since 2018, there's been four head coaches for, for the Browns. If Stefanski can't figure it out with Baker Mayfield, they're going to can Stefanski. It's in his best interest to make sure Baker succeeds, and he succeeds with Jarvis. So take it away from Odell. Yeah. Feed Jarvis, feed Hooper, make Baker succeed. Stefanski keeps his job, and you're, you're SOL on Odell. True. Who, who you can move for picks, players, whatever. Like I mean, if you own him in Dynasty, right, and you listen to me. <laughs> and so really, <laughs> you're not moving. Realistically, any, everything else we covered uh, for the Browns, there really wasn't any actual um, incoming rookies that were of note. Uh, most of them are all undrafted, so there's there's really not, and then you know a couple of them are later, um, you know in the draft. So there's really not much to add on to there. So we're gonna go into the most, um, you know, uh, most confusing, most unknown uh, team coming into this year with their number one receiver possibly not really playing. We don't know he you know he could play a whole new quarterback. The number one pick, Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals finished the year last year. At two and fourteen, Zach Taylor, head coach, comes back after one year uh, with the team last year, and then the offensive coordinator also is returning. Um, he's he's a defensive, decent offensive coordinator. We'll see what he can do. There's really not much on the books that you can actually gain from last year, basing you know Andy Dalton's team with with hardly an AJ Green uh, playing at all last year. Uh, Tyler Boyd being the number one, you saw, saw likes of Auden Tate, Alex Erickson last year that were you know showing up. So this is definitely, in, in my opinion, one of the most confusing teams to even read to find out who's going to be good for fantasy. I mean, obviously Joe Mixon's going to be right. Yes, yes, yeah, so I think he's a top ten bag easily. Yeah, if he plays, if he doesn't go for a contract, right? If he doesn't hold out, yes. <laughs> so that's that's the one thing looming over their head. Like, ho- hopefully he doesn't hold out. Um, but most of their most of their offense last year was Joe Mixon, two hundred seventy eight rushing attempts. Yeah, but I don't I don't think he gets that again. I don't think he carries the ball two hundred seventy eight times. And and this is my issue with Joe Mixon. He doesn't score a ton of touchdowns. He has a poor yards per carry. Now, yeah, the Bengals were bad, but Joe Burrow is going to end up being what Carson Wentz was his rookie year and chucking the ball up six hundred times a game. Andy Dalton only did that. 528 times so it's 70 more passes for the Bengals. it's got to come somewhere and it's going to come against joe mixon i do not see joe mixon carrying carrying the ball 275 times again yeah i mean i wouldn't expect that either um i mean he he's still going to get some work in the receiving game so it's not like he's going to be a slouch as far yeah, but as he wasn't aggression he wasn't a world beater in the in the receiving game no no he goodness. wasn't but i feel like the year before that he might have been done he might have did better I'm not, he's, I'm not he's, a, that, he's a talented bag but this is an offense that needs to improve and i feel like them taking borrow they're improving the air game i i i am not sold mixon's top 10 running back See, the thing is, though, I think he is because he kind of has to be. Like, so, so this, hear me out, right? Zach Taylor came from a system with um, the, the Rams coach there, for whatever reason, I'm blanking on it. Sean, Sean McVay. Sean McVay. Brian Callahan came from a, a coaching tree that had uh, John Gruden, John Fox, Jim Caldwell. They're all running 
head offensive coordinators. So they, they want to establish a running game to get that passing game going. Having a more accurate quarterback like Joe Burrow is going to be able to get that passing game going and moving forward. Right. And with, they, the, with the weapons that they have on offense at the receiver position and with Joe Burrow coming in, if he can prove that he can throw the ball, there's going to be more space to run. There's going to be more screens that can be effective to Joe Mixon. I think Burrow lifts the whole offense above Andy Dalton and above especially Ryan Finley. Um I mean, immediately. Like day one, he steps on the field. You're going to see a bump to pretty much everybody across the board. And better passing game equals better running game. Yeah, I mean, and I think this is one of the reasons why it's one of the hardest ones to predict, right? Because yeah. you don't know what's going right. to happen. Complete unknown. And <laughs> super unknown. the one thing that I will mention about the Bengals is that they dealt with a ton of injuries on offensive line last year. And I feel like I say this every year for the Bengals, so maybe they should just draft <laughs> healthier players or something. But the big one that they're returning is Jonah Williams. He's yet to play yes. meaningful NFL yes. snaps, but he was the third-ranked or second-ranked offensive lineman coming out of that draft two years ago. Yeah. So he's going to be a huge bonus for them. Whether he can carry a whole whole offensive line on his own it's, you know, remains to be seen. Yeah, I I just my my issues with Joe Mixon is I I don't see him getting up into that. You want to draft at some point for upside. Like I think his ceiling is that. I just I feel like that he could hit gr- the ground. And the problem with Mixon is that if you're trying to draft him, you're looking at back end of the first round, maybe mid second, second round. Yeah. You know. You draft spend capital. Some big you capital on it. So capital. at that yeah, point, right. it's like, do you want to draft him or Josh Jacobs? I'd rather draft Jacobs hands down. Yes. 100%. All day, every day. You, you right. know he's going to get But that right. is where they, he's going. Yep, right. exactly. So if he's in, if you're if you're torn between jo, uh, Joe Mixon and Josh Jacobs, take Josh Jacobs. I think that's yeah. a hands down pick. But that's who his comp is, you know, on draft boards. Yeah, right. Well, they, yeah, that's, the, that's which, that area. Yeah, which is just like, th- that should be the easiest pick you've ever made in your life. But people don't look at the stats enough to know that they're like well joe mixon right he's on the Bengals. they're gonna run the, the ball a lot potential still and yeah. he's never had over 1200 yards i'm pretty sure you can you know check the stats but a guy in the first three years that has not have over 1200 yards has been drafted as an rb1 almost every single season is a little day da- little dangerous yeah. Yeah. especially in dynasty yeah you are, and, and, you are and correct. We, and we, the and we, they, yeah. they, they, they the yet to, to hit double-digit touchdowns. Yep. Yeah. The the double the, the touchdown rate really scares me. That's right. that's that's an issue for me. We've talked a lot about Joe Mixon. We should talk about these pass receivers. Catchers. Tyler sure. Boyd. This, this is the big <laughs> thing that is also very confusing. But this is also the the what is going to come out. At least I feel like two players out of this receiving core that will be fantasy relevant and like really fantasy relevant. Well, it, well, so. Let's figure AJ Green plays sixteen games. So AJ Green plays sixteen games. I like, Tyler I like Boyd's not getting hundred and forty eight targets. No, he's no, not. But he also did well when AJ Green was healthy two years ago. But he, he also did, has a better quarterback note. Yeah, we think he did almost right. just as well with AJ Green on the field as he did without. Right, which and, is wild. And, and, I'm, and I'm not saying that like he he won't be that good. Yeah. But to expect what he did last year. I think might be tough. And I actually don't know what his no. stat lines are in the previous years, and they could be very comparable. To yeah. what he so, did. Tw- so 2018, he went 76 catches, a th- just, just over 1,000 yards, 1,028 with seven touchdowns. Last year, no A.J. Green, 90 receptions, so way up, but only 20 more yards, so 1,046 and five touchdowns. So he actually had less touchdowns last year. Yeah. So it seems like A.J. Green doesn't really matter if he's on the field. Tyler Boyd's going to do about the yeah. same. So, if, yeah. But again, Apparently. small sample size. So he finished wide receiver 23, and I would expect him to finish again as a wide receiver, mid-wide receiver 2 to back-end wide receiver 2. Now, do we think Adrian 
full sitting games would be around that or would be you know teens no what spot then i i think aj green would be 18s and teens yeah, I was so 18. A, a I, would full, to, I, to, right. I would totally say right. A full 18. season, full healthy season of AJ Green has to be. You can't say he's not going to be the same uh, if that's what you expect. It's it's also it's just a huge guessing game, especially this year more than more than ever. Is you know how many games is he going to play? Um, so you know outside of that, you know they bring in T Higgins as well. Who if AJ Green doesn't play 16 games? Does T. Higgins come in and take the Tyler Boyd role, or does he take an A.J. Green role? And does he take off and get the, you know, be like a wide receiver three? Obviously, he's not going to produce like A.J. Green. It's his first year. He's a rookie. But he's also a tall, uh, kind of lanky uh, wide receiver, you know, very athletic, open, get it kind of guy. I think more than anything, you just see John Ross, Auden Tate, and everybody else that caught a pass this year seed that to T. Higgins. So you see Tyler Boyd pretty much sustain. You see A.J. Green do almost parallel to what uh, Tyler Boyd does. And then you have John, uh, sorry T. Higgins come in, and he takes just scraps. You know, John Ross, 50 catches. Yeah, you think? Well, here's my thing is, is John Ross is also hurt a lot. Yep. That was nonstop. That was 56 targets. Auden Tate, who probably has no business being on the field anymore, 80 targets. Yep. Alex Erickson... Probably doesn't uh, yeah. belong on the field anymore. Seventy-eight targets. There's a ton of targets Eifert to go too around. Is gone, so. So Eifert gone. <clears throat> so through targets. And CJ Uzoma somehow had forty targets. Right. So and, and he's and he's going to be the starting tight end this year. So that's, there are, that's one thing we don't have him highlighted, but he is the starting tight end yeah. this year. Like there are looks to go around. And I just I just looked this up. The Bengals seventy-eight percent of their formations were eleven personnel with nice. three wide receivers on the field. So I would think that T Higgins is on the field. So it's just the distribution of targets between T. Higgins, A.J. Green, and Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I think that they've tried the John Ross experiment. They say this doesn't work. That's why they took T. Higgins. Right. Just, but John Ross is always just still going to be good to have just for the fact that he is going to bother yeah, yeah. He's going to open up the field he's for everybody else. Yeah, he's great for four games. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, he, he doubled that last year. He got eight. Yeah. <laughs> he's, feeling, he's feeling spry. Um, and, and so obviously the, the last person to note that we didn't talk about was Joe Burrow, but that's obviously, you know, it's going to be team dependent on how much his success is, uh, his personnel around him, how much his success is going to be the coaching, um, you know, everything around it, you know, we will say that he had a really high completion percentage, best, um, you know, score I've ever graded as far as a quarterback, but that's, you know, again, just that's fluff. It, it, none of it matters what he did in college. Now he's in the NFL. What's he going to do? Uh, their strength of schedules play out as quarterback, uh, 13th ranked, middle of the pack, running 7th ranked, um, and then uh, receiving rank is 21, and tight end rank is 2. So, so so gun to your head, Joe Barrow, how many TDs does he throw for in his rookie year? 32. 32. That's a gonna, very fair. I was going to say 30. So right we can play this back at some point. He might, he might nail 32. Yeah, I, I, I think that... I think Joe Burrow, if you wait on quarterback in a QB1 league, if you end yourself up with, uh, sorry to say this to you, Dallas, but like a Ryan Tannehill, like a middle-to-the-back QB1, take Joe Burrow a couple rounds later, and you you have <clears throat> steady QB1 with the upside of QB5. Yeah, right. 
I think that Joe Burrow is going to be a star. So I, so I was going to say for his touchdowns, 36. I was actually, if you guys had a number for me, I was going to tell you over under, I was going to set it 33. I guess I could have done 33 and a half, but you guys would have all Those taken the under. Great numbers for a quarterback in his rookie year. It's yeah. just really hard because I don't think the Bengals as a team scored that many teams <laughs> last year. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just really hard to predict, right? Because Zach Taylor's like, he, it's two years in. You know, he right. was a one. He was a rookie head coach last year with a crappy Andy Dalton, a terrible team, a, a, a pissed off AJ Green, and now he's got a rookie court. I mean, he might as well be a rookie head coach again. You're correct. The Bengals scored 23 touchdowns last year. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, he had a GM saying, "Hey, lose, sure, lose, 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 yeah. lose, lose." Yeah. It's a guy out there we want. It's Tua. Uh... Oh wait, take, oh, take, who's take Joe Burrow guy? Oh, let's take Joe Burrow. Wait, who's Joe Burrow? So, I, that wraps up all the teams. Yeah. AFC North. Yeah, we'll have the rest of the uh, divisions coming to you in the coming weeks. That is our next. Weeks. Yeah, days, I think, days, I think, I think each week is, is now a uh, right, division. division, yes. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully yeah. we can try and get in a few in one week. Yeah, and I guess it's it's important to note, like, this is a deep dive into stats, but this is probably what you should all be doing if you're attempting to win your, your fantasy football league. This is, like, Craig set it up perfectly, where you see the – targets vacated and you have new guys coming in if you're trying to make a decision on on who i'm going to take what like new situation players free agents and, and rookies this is a great way to do it i mean this and this, we're doing the legwork for you you're welcome yeah this, <laughs> this whole spreadsheet should probably just get posted i mean we should probably take all these data points Honestly, and just check them out there yeah we've, I mean, these are phenomenal we're this is great Craig, the problem is we don't want to share it with our league mates <laughs> yeah, no, right yeah we'll we'll, we'll block them, we'll block them. <laughs> only yeah. them yeah <laughs> I'll leave Only it open to the guys. general public, but block our friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. that. I guess that's the that. AFC uh, North stinks. I mean, uh, the Ravens aren't that bad, right? And the Steelers are usually good. I mean, it's just Ben Roethlisberger going down. But, yeah. but that's that's. I mean, the, I wish the we. Browns I wish Jay Cutler was still in the league. Me I feel too. like him and Smoking Ben Roethlisberger. I, like I mean, he's now divorced, so is it always an option? It's coming back, you never know. All right. Let's wrap this up yeah this is the the difference of being in person i forget to actually hit the soundboard button to get the outro going so <laughs> i'll play it back in, in post edit <laughs> sounds good all right podcast 70 cool thank you for listening this is top shelf fantasy you can find us on instagram facebook and twitter at top shelf fntsy head over to our website at topshelffantasy.com stay fluid stay loose